So today, my deepest desire is to invite you into the reality of your blood covenant with your creator. That's my deepest desire this afternoon. My hope is that you will become aware, you will know, or identify by means of your spiritual senses the invaluable promises, authority, and power that's available to you. I think I need to say that one more time as an old preacher would say. <laughs> My hope is that you become aware, you know, or identify by means of your spiritual senses the invaluable promises, authority, and power that's available to you. But this has to be perceived by the spirit of man. So let's hear what our Heavenly Father has ensured for us in victory. Again, the title of our text is Enforcing Our Blood Covenant. Enforcing Our Blood Covenant. It's one thing to have a covenant or agreement, but it's not enforced. And that's what's happening with the body of Christ. is that our relationship with our God, our Creator, the promises are not enforced. And I've asked a couple of people earlier this week that you need to know what agreement did you enter into with God? What are the promises that he has entitled you to? Do you know? Or this is why we are so frustrated and uh, depressed because we don't know what is due to us. We don't know what's in the agreement, what's in the covenant. So let's just talk about the victory that's ensured to you. You ensure victory over Satan. You are ensured that. You are ensured victory over your flesh, over sin, over your family crisis that you are experiencing or have experienced. You have victory over the economic depravity that you are experiencing in your life, over any mental battles that are tormenting you in your mind. You have victory over that. But it has to be enforced through your blood covenant with Jesus Christ. And that have to be, must be, it's a great mandate that it becomes your reality. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to give you a short insight without presenting you your own revelation of understanding what Christ is trying to say today. So how do you enforce your blood covenant? It's simply this, perceiving he is perceiving he is. And as the teaching unfold, you get a better understanding of what God is saying, how you are to enforce the blood covenant. I want to talk uh, just real quickly about some key terms that we're going to discuss. We're going to discuss covenant. You're going to hear faith. You're going to hear blood. So covenant is a self-commitment promises and conditions by which God entered into relationship with man. He actually passed through our flesh. Normally in the, the biblical days when they gave up a sacrifice, they put it on the altar. Mm -hmm. God himself walked through, parted between our flesh and the spirit to establish a solemn and binding force of the covenant. He himself walked through the agreement through your flesh to say, this is a solemn binding force that I have imparted in your life, that you live the life of Christ. That we can't see, but you can perceive by the Spirit. By the Spirit, you can perceive 
that God himself, your creator, because when you gave your life to him, you gave your life as a living sacrifice. When you did Romans 10, 9, and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sin, he rose on the third day, and he became your Lord and Savior, he actually walked through your flesh and divided the old man into the new man by walking through the sacrifice, which was you, binding and enforcing his covenant with you. That is a small insight on covenant. Move on to faith. Faith is simply this, the treasure of God's love for you. Faith. For who? You. Blood. Blood is the life force. The life force. If you bleed out, you die, right? Mm -hmm. I want you to think about, because I'm going to get ready to speak a little bit of medical terms not I'm by far in the medical field, but I, I'm going to try to speak on it to bring some insight on the revelation of your body and the body of Christ. The body and the body, the new man, the carnal state of the physical body and the new man being born again. The revelation of the connection with the blood. The divine blood and the blood that's running through your veins naturally. It's a life force. You have to have it to live. It's the mystery of life. The doctors are still trying to study and find out all the different parts of the blood and how it functions and its purpose. It's the mystery of life, the blood. It's the highly sophisticated transport system that allows communication and coordination between the different parts of the human body. Get it? It's the sophisticated transportation system that allows communication and coordination between the different parts of the body. That's in the natural. But spiritually, this is how God communicates with you, mm. through his divine blood. Before I, I get into the little... Uh, synopsis of the blood, I want to read to you the foundation scripture here, which is uh, Luke twenty two twenty. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. I want you to hear it again. Mm-hmm. I may say it a little different, but it's pretty much the same. In the same way, he says, he took the cup after the meal and said, this cup is the new covenant by my blood, which is poured out for you. They're at the last meal, at the last supper. And he took the cup. This should give you a better understanding of communion. Mm-hmm. He took the cup after the meal and said, this cup is the new covenant by my blood, which is poured out for you. This cup is a prophetic prophecy of your new birth. This cup of blood signifies that I've already poured out my blood for your new life. For your new birth, this cup represents the new man. And God in the faith of Christ Jesus, this blood signifies the new creation. So now let's really examine the blood. Let's talk about the blood, the natural part of the blood. 
We believe that the blood has about maybe approximately four quarts of blood running through your veins. It takes out maybe 23 seconds to go through your entire body on giving its nutrients, uh, cleansing your blood. All this is done in 23 seconds. Your body is being cleansed by the blood. Do you not see the comparison how the blood of Jesus, the word of God, cleanses you? The covenant, the word, when you read it, it cleanses you. Mm -hmm. He said in 23 seconds, pastor, Mm -hmm. your red blood cells, your white blood cells is a work that they're all doing. Mm -hmm. And it cleanses. It it brings nutrients to your body Mm. and the different organs of your body. And then the lungs, your heart. It's pumping and circulating all through and filtering through your lungs. And it's purifying. It's cleansing. The blood is a fluid. It's mobile. It moves through the whole body, all the members of the body, like the Holy Spirit does at the same time. Go ahead. He said the blood is a fluid. Like the Holy Spirit, when you pray, when the, all those who believe and when they pray, He hears them at the same time because this is what the blood does. It reaches all of the parts and the members of the body at the same time. There's no part without nutrients or oxygen, which is the life that's in the blood. The Holy Spirit that causes you to live. This cleansing part of the of the body and it has it it, it, um, gathers all the waste. And it's called the garbage cell. Mm. So even through all the garbage and the, all the uh, toxic things that's in your body, you don't get contaminated by it. Go ahead. There's toxic things, chemicals in your body, and you don't die from it. And this all happens in 23 seconds. So that every cell in your body is constantly supplied and cleansed at the same time. And it's in constant communication with Every other cell that's in the body. Once blood fails to reach the cells, members of the body, they promptly die. They, they promptly die. No man ever dies until his blood ceases to circulate. When you stop, when you don't fulfill, when you don't enforce the blood covenant, that's when you cease to live and you default to the old man. We're talking about the, the blood. These are various parts of the blood, the platelets. These are thin, transparent cells whose functions are still really not understood. The doctors are still trying to understand really all the fullness of how the platelet actually works. They are transparent. I mean, you really can see through them. They're transparent. Then there are the red cells. They're about 5 million per cubic millimeter, and they are the cells which carry the fuel to the tissue in the form of combined oxygen and which give the blood its red color. There also are the white cells. And we know that the white cells are really, they are the ones that fight virus, the, the antibodies. They fight all, they're really considered to be soldiers. They're the intercessors. Come they on, are the man. intercessors. They're the intercessors. I got you. They are the soldiers mm-hmm. in the body. And there's normally anywhere from, uh, I believe, 4,000 to 7,000 of the white blood cells. But when there is an illness that tries to attack your body, they, there is an emergency draft call to be enlisted. Come on, come on. The white blood cell now multiply. My God. They are enlisted. 
to come to battle to fight against the invasion of the enemy. So the shofar is sound inside your body. I got you. Amen. That's a warning. Mm, mm, mm. So what happens is that when it starts to fight, this is why nothing can harm you. He said, it may come against you. A weapon may form, but it won't prosper. Because the Holy Spirit, the white cells Come on. in the blood, they then call on to other hosts of That's angels. Right. And they multiply. And when they actually multiply and they start fighting, Pastor, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. Is that normally when you maybe a small thing is a pimple, right? You have on your face, you mm -hmm. see that. This is why I said I take everything serious, any kind of cold, anything, because the enemy is trying to kill us. It's that when it actually forms, there's been a battle going on in your body. You don't realize it. That pimple, it signifies a battle has gone, been going on inside of you. And then what else happened is that when you see the pus, the pus is this, is that the battle now is over because the white blood cells Go ahead. has conquered. But not only this, but they have died mm -hmm. for you. Good God. The germs, the enemy, and some of the soldiers of the white blood cell dies. That's right. I told you, it's a miracle. I'm just saying, Lord, show us the reality of our blood covenant, of how we are already conquerors, how you've already won. Because all you have to do to initiate this is to receive and believe that God is. And it enforces your blood covenant. It enforces all the agents that's inside of your blood. Wow, this, I mean, it was, it's, it's mind-blowing, Pastor, to me. I, I, it really is, and this is why we really had to understand when he says he is the head, Christ is the head, mm -hmm. and you are the body. And this is why intercession prayer is so important, so when you do have an infection or do have wrong doctrine in the church, you should be able to come around in truth yes. and help that person. Oh, she heavy today. We need some intercessors. Come on, yes. and let's pray and get that infection out. Mm -hmm. See, but this is what we don't take prayer mm -hmm. seriously, and we don't understand the significance of you being here and your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Pastor, what's so amazing? This is why he says, I've given you peace. Amen. Go ahead. Not of this world, mm. but I've given you divine peace. Amen. That when the battle Go ahead. that's been going on inside of you, that little pimple, but for you, you call it whatever that battle was. But I'm just, my example today is a pimple. There you go. Is <laughs> that when it comes to a head, that means that it's peacetime. Because the battle is over. And what happens now is that the, the white cells with are the soldiers. They now go back to the original number, 7,000. Because we, the, the high alert is called off because the battle has been won. Mm-mm-mm. It's peacetime. We now resume Perfection. back to our normal number of army, which is 7,000. Seven. But ready at any time to multiply and increase our force. This is why nothing that you go through should overtake you because truly the battle is not yours. It is the Lord that's working inside of you through his divine blood. So let's go to our supporting scripture. Mm. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, 
it is impossible to please him. Mm -hmm. For he that cometh to God Mm -hmm. must believe that he is Mm -hmm. and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That was all in it. Apostle Paul says, for this cause, he said, we thank God without ceasing because when you receive the word of God and when you heard it, you received it as truth. You didn't receive it as mere man speaking these words. He said, this is why I rejoice and I'm very thankful that when you hear the word or you heard the word of God, you didn't receive it as teacher Mel is saying it. You receive it as the truth that these are God's words and that he is. And you have because of this faith, this faith now causes his word to work inside of you. He said, this is why I rejoice. Without faith, and we talk about what faith is, he said it's impossible to please him. It's impossible to bring him on the scene without faith. We have to have the faith of God in Christ Jesus. Habakkuk 3.3. God comes from Timon, the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His splendor covers the sky and his praise fills the earth. Like what is Habakkuk talking about here? First of all, Habakkuk was a prophet. He's singing a song and he's giving a prayer and he's giving judgment. This is what the prophet is doing. He said, really, when you study Taman, Taman is really nowhere. God came from nowhere because he always was. They even tried to say, well, you use it as a certain location and uh, a place uh, near to Edom. But really, the deeper study is that he came from nowhere. See, you're trying to place him somewhere. And when you try to place him somewhere, you are identifying him just like a man. He came from nowhere. He had no beginning. So he had to create a beginning for you. He had no beginning. He had no end. So he came from nowhere. Always existed. Always existed. But he came from nowhere. Where's nowhere? See, this, my spirit has to conceive this. There was nowhere for him to come because he was always there. So he came from nowhere. He is. This, um, this particular chapter actually trying to give you a revelation that he is. He simply is. You can't define him because he's, you can't place him. You, you can't identify him. You have to experience him. That's right. He came from nowhere, but create a beginning. This is why he said in Genesis, in the beginning, mm-hmm. God created heaven and earth. But he had no beginning, nor end. God is. That's the revelation. God is, always has been. But for your sake, to enter into his language of communication, I would say in the beginning. Let's talk a little bit about faith. Faith does this. It decodes the thoughts of God. It decodes the very thoughts of our creator. Your faith does. It's the exchange between eternity and time. It's the bridge that allows you to cross out of this earthly realm into the domain of heaven. That is the exchange. It counts everything done. Finished, complete. 
Pastor, that's the revelation. Mm-hmm. It counts everything done, finished, and complete. Faith. Faith does. That place called done. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when I pray, we're not praying because I'm trying to believe. I'm not confessing or making a quote. I do believe. Because I do believe. That's why I pray. Because I perceive what's not here. We'll talk about the evidence and the things we hope for all that a little later. But it's considered, it counts everything done, finished. And if you can count everything done and finished, don't you have peace about that? Don't you have peace? This is why we don't have peace because you don't see it done. You don't see it finished or completed. You still see yourself in the process of getting what you don't see. You still but see you still see yourself as the old person. Exactly. He said old things have passed away. So my, my thing is when someone from your past come back and say something, why are you affected by that? Why are you affected by old things? Right. And we'll talk we'll talk about that. How we how we really do that. I'm just I'm just saying you're supposed to be the new now. That's you're supposed right. to be now living in eternity, even though you're here. Because he said, as he is, so are we in this world. You're in two places at the same time. I really need them to get it, Pastor, because if not, <laughs> the word of God is never going to mean anything to you. It will hold no value. That's right. The word of God will hold no value until his word, he is a reality to you. It says, him that comes to him first, you must first believe that he is. That he is. So that when you come to Christ, you must first believe that he is. That he simply is. And he's a rewarder. He just gave me this. Mm-hmm. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. And what you, what you guys thought it was? Something else I'm sure mm-hmm. you did. <laughs> he said, we can tell you what when you diligently oh, seek him, Pastor, your reward is him. There's no greater reward. Oh, y'all been manipulative. <laughs> when you, <laughs> when this you why come not, to this me. Why, this is why you get the response that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Because you, you got a few pockets. Yeah. If they really understood that don't count. See, we, we're attached to this earth. We are attached to time. Yes. So I can't see eternity. I can't see the riches in heaven yeah. because I want to see the riches here. And That's this right. is what they teach you. Yeah. This is how they teach you that it's not. He said they're stored up. That's right. Waiting for you. Mm. But for, for you to get them, this flesh got to die. Wow. You, okay. When you come to him, he said, you have to know that he exists. Yes. And when you come and you know that he exists, you will receive him. This is why you don't have him yet. Some, I mean, it, it's not applicable to, obviously, if you have him. Okay, so don't get offended if you already That's have right. him. Okay, You should want him. If you don't, you want him. <laughs> and then tell me if a little later you feel like I don't have him, I want him. Help me get him. <laughs> so. Come on up. <laughs> so... Faith does this. It elevates you above the constraints of time. It elevates you above. So it elevates you above your constraints of time. Time is trying to define to you what you can have and what you can't have. Mm. And that's why you're so ticked off with time and ticked off with people because of time. It is giving you limitation and you believe the limitations. And constrictions. Go ahead. Faith allows you to have an intelligent relationship with your creator. It's the key in or access to subdue and change predetermined boundaries 
set by time and space. I know y'all be like, where should we begin this? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Faith is this. It is the key or access to subdue and change predetermined boundaries set by time and space. We can just use the example of um, Abraham. Obviously, he was 120 years old. Well, uh, beyond having children. I would say that was a huge time constraint. So what this happens is that the word of God causes time to bow down. It subdues time. Time has now no power and authority over those who believe. If you believe. We are to give God access to us. And we are to have access to God. And our faith does that. Amen. It provides an opportunity for you to be dead but yet live. To be on the earth but be in heaven. But yet you're here. There you go. That's what faith does. It is the channel. It is the bridge between time and space, earth and heaven. Insight into the new birth. This is the insight. God and man bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth and enforcing Calvary's victory. This is the insight of the reality of your new birth. It is God inside you bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth and enforcing Calvary's victory, enforcing his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. Meaning now all power, authority, and ability has been delegated to you. This enforces your covenant. Your new birth does if you partake in it. That's just a small insight on the reality of our blood covenant. The insight to our new birth, the reality of it is this. God is inside of you, Fee. Bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and enforcing Calvary's victory. His death, burial, resurrection, and also ascension. Now delegating all power and authority to you. All of that and what you worried about. Understanding the reality of eternity. Let's just go into that a little bit. What is all this eternity? Just to give you an example about eternity and time. When the light from the sun's rays reaches you, touch your skin. Seven and a half minutes has already passed. When you feel the heat, you like, oh, either it's hot or it's cold, whatever the condition is. But when the sun reaches you, it's the past. <laughs> when the sun's rays reach you, it's the past. What I'm trying to get you to understand is eternity. What I'm trying to get you to understand is the past, the present, and the future is now. What I'm trying to get you to understand it's done. What I'm trying to get you to understand is complete. What I'm trying to get you to understand, mom, is finished. What you believe in God for is finished. But you can't see it through your natural senses. This is why he's giving you spiritual senses. This takes out all the depression, frustration out of your life if you live in eternity. He says this, Pastor, the, the revelation of your blood covenant has to be an insight of the eternity and time. Now, with that being said, I have to give you a natural example. Go 
is that you go outside, the sun is shining. But when you see it and when it hits your arm, that's not the time that it hit you. And it already hit you. Like when you look at the sun, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's depending on who's doing the math. Mm -hmm. it's not, you're not looking at it now. You're looking at it how it looked eight minutes ago, pretty much. Yes, exactly. It's seven and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. So seven and a half minutes has already passed when you decide, oh, the sun rays hit my arm. He's showing you, real simply, the revelation of now. I show, this is why he says, everything show forth my glory, and it praises me. And man will be without excuse because my creation directs them back to me. The sun directs you back to God. The sun is allowing you, star, to see the revelation, the now of things that you keep trying to hope for and pray for that is done. He said, I'll show you in my creation. I'll show you when the sun rays hit your arm, it's already the past and it's the future at the same time and it's also the present because it's now. What are you waiting for? What are you so frustrated for, my lovely niece in the back? Because God has some awesome things for you, Sheena. The thing about it is that we are waiting for it, but it's now. And when we attach our emotions, our, our, our feelings towards God and the now, the now. See, you're in, you're in the future, but the future is now. How come when you do something, it felt like you already did it? Because God said he requires that which is past. The reality of eternity. He's trying to give you the reality of himself. Mm -hmm. But if I come down and show you myself, no man has seen me and live, you will die. But I show you in another way what he did with Moses. I hide you in a cliff, but I allow you to see my backside. I allow you to see a part of my glory. So the part of his glory is eternity time when you actually get to see him in his creation then can you imagine what you are waiting for mm -hmm. that man of god that new career what we, we are so frustrated and waiting for but it's now it is now you don't you don't see it but you have to perceive it which means i know it i have acquired a short knowledge that is now it's, it's so, it's just like that, and God said, and it was. My Lord. Do you get that? It, and God said, and then it was. He actually saw it, but he had to speak it. Okay. Amen. He had to speak it, Pastor. He, he had to speak it. And then he tells you his word is not the near nah, in, your mouth. in your mouth. And what you won't do is speak. You won't speak what he's saying. You won't say what he's saying. You're saying what you believe. You're saying what you see. What you see. You won't well, say what you perceive mm -mm. because you can't perceive it because it's by the Spirit. But well, you should be seeing what he sees. Isaiah says this, 48.3. Mm -hmm. I have declared, I have announced, I have made notice, public notice, the former things from the beginning. Mm. And they went forth out of my mouth and I showed them. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. Okay, now you are to declare what is already, he said, former, past. See, but you don't see things as past. You see it as future. Mm, or now. And he says, 
from the beginning. He said, I declare from the very beginning. And you are to do that. And they went forth out of my mouth. The words went forth out of my mouth. And I showed them. I did them suddenly. And they came to pass. He wants to do a suddenly in your life right now. And come to pass. But the only way to allow that to happen is that you receive him that he is. He exists. He is a reality to me. He is my reality. More so than my spouse, my children. When you can get that, oh, God will live and thrive in your life mightily. But what's real to us is our, our family, our things, our possession. That's real to you. But God is not real to you. Why we can't perceive eternity? Because earlier I spoke about the constraints of time. Because you see and hear through the veil of a curse. Go ahead. You see and hear from a veil of a curse. Think about all of us right now. The next 10 seconds of the family that you were brought up in. And, and think about, I mean, we have quite a few curses that has been on the family. He said, this is how you see. You see through the blood of your old generation. Go ahead. You see through the blood of your old generation. You see through the blood in my family, the Walt and the Spellers. And you name your, your family. You, all, all of yep. these, you see through that veil which is a curse. This is what brings so much frustration. This is why you can't perceive me. Mm-hmm. It's because you're still looking through the veil of a curse. We have to govern ourselves by what we hear, what we see. Because if you're not governing what you hear and what you see, and it's not the word of God, you will continue to see through the veil of the curse. And he's already delivered us out of the curse of sin and death. So he's saying, you, you are seeing through the veil of sin and death. This is how we see. We see our defeated life because we don't perceive victory in our lives. We see through an emotional mm-hmm. and mental anguish and anything else, you name it, how you see. Because that's how you see. You see circumstances. Mm-hmm. Circumstantially, that's how you see. You see and operate mm-hmm. through that fallen man. It's still your senses, because mm-hmm. that's what the fallen man operates yes. through. What you feel, taste, see, mm-hmm. touch, all. You believe that. You believe that that's what's real. He said, I created the seen and the unseen. So there's a realm that he has created in the unseen where there is total abundance. That's, that's where he is. That's him, the fullness. Getting the vantage point. We need to get the vantage point, Okay. We can't understand the operation of this fallen world mm-hmm. by viewing it from the fallen perspective. Getting the vantage point. We have to be taken to a higher place to get the vantage point. Yep. And the higher place is the word of God. If you're not reading the word of God, you won't see from your vantage point. You will always see from a fallen state. It's always like are you, if you're in a fight and you're watching a boxing uh, a fight, and the man who has fallen, he can't see from the perspective of the one who's standing up who's winning because he still see himself losing. 
until you, even while you're physically down, until you really mentally ascend with the word of God, you could be physically down, but you're up. Because you don't see yourself from that fallen state. You have taken yourself out of time into eternity, and now you see from a higher perspective, and I don't see myself down, I see myself up. That's the attitude I've always taken, that I see myself up. That's why I say nothing, nothing can make me feel that I'm not an overcomer because I know who I'm born of. I'm born from above. Amen. I'm not born of my natural mother and father anymore because I'm born again. And the things that was in the bloodline is no longer in my bloodline because I'm not living at that fallen state anymore. That's right. This is why a lot of us, things are passed on because we don't see from a greater vantage point. This is why sometimes we become statistics in our lives. You know, if the mother got pregnant at 16, then you get pregnant at 16. Or you get a divorce and then your child get a divorce and you get married three times and your child get married three times. Because what happened is that now I haven't seen at a higher vantage point. And that's what God is trying to get us to do. To see from eternity, not from time. Mm. Amen? Amen. Jesus is our supporting evidence of faith, of what we can't see. This here, you guys got to work with me because I need to give you a demonstration of being in the courtroom. This is how you really understand this blood covenant. This is how you really understand what I can't see, I perceive. That within itself doesn't make you kind of frustrated. Can I just see it? <laughs> but you can. So walk with me here. Jesus is a supporting evidence of faith of what we can't see. I need you to hear that. Jesus is the evidence of what you can't see. The evidence. He is the evidence. And you don't see him. But he is the supporting evidence. Now faith is the faith substance of things, things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Mm. Now faith, Jesus is the substance of things hoped for. Because we're still hoping for you shall be saved. He's the substance of. He was, he came in the flesh and walked among men. But yet still not a mere man. He was the manifested substance of what we could not see. He came from nowhere. Eternity, put on flesh, had to become the substance, the evidence that came from nowhere. So you could come into eternity and to my conversation, to my language, to my way of living, understand what's already done. Jesus is a supporting evidence of faith. The things which are not seen are the eternal. Eternity calls out to evidence. Evidence calls out to hope. Then hope calls out to the substance. When the substance appears, we can then declare the now. And the substance has appeared, which is Jesus. Mm, he ahead. manifested himself. He came from nowhere. He clothed himself with flesh. Became the, became the substance. He became the now. So that you could see. Mm. So that you could perceive that he's the evidence of the things that you can't see. The now is supported by the evidence which has manifested. 
So obviously when you go to the uh, courtroom, you may hear about a murder case, right? Mm-hmm. Or any kind of case. And for some reason, and this is faith, the prosecutor, attorney, or the, um, got a prosecutor, you got to defend it. So with those lawyers, they both have faith. They have faith in what they don't see. They don't have evidence yet. They don't have evidence. But the evidence that they don't have, they believe support their case. And whether they believe guilty or not guilty, but they both obviously present a case that they feel that not guilty. Because this is their faith. Their faith causes them to actually have the substance without seeing it. They present their case before the courtroom, not having any initially. They go to the judge, and this is where I'm, I'm, putting, in my, I'm putting in my case. The judge goes over it. Initially, they have no evidence. They have to go out and get witness. But what causes them to go out and get witness and to manifest the evidence is that they already believe. They believe now that he's not guilty. This has caused me to go out. And when you believe, it will cause you, Sheena, to go out and pursue the things in your life that God has for you. It will cause you because you already see the greatness. You see the finish. You see what's finished, Cindy. You see what's finished, Rhonda. This causes you. You already possess from eternity the evidence. You have the thing. I just can't physically touch the thing. By knowing and perceiving I have the thing causes me to go out and manifest and bring in out of heaven. This is why he says, pray, my kingdom come. What's in heaven, what's in eternity, now manifests on earth. It's already done. Now cause eternity to invade time. So pretty much this is all about the blood covenant, uh, enforcing it. And we must realize that all that is in God is in his blood. It is his life force within us. We're in a blood covenant with our Father, and the purpose of the blood covenant is obviously to cleanse us, to fight our battle for us, and to enforce the promises he has for you. I really pray that today you have a better insight of what you have agreed to, a covenant, your line of communication between eternity and time, how you're able to be here and also in heaven, how you're able to be dead but yet you live. I pray that the word of God has found a place in your heart and he continue to minister to you the greatness, the power, the authority, the ability that's inside of you that it be awakened, that you take hold of it and not take hold of the world. The world has nothing good for you except to bring you to a very destructive end with all of its trinkets. And so-called, the world has promises for you too. The world has promises for you, Cindy. It has promises for our children. To be a drug addict. To be a dropout. The world has promises for you. To go to jail. The world has promises for the children. But God so loved us that he says, at the last supper, take this cup, which is my blood, that's already poured out for you a new life. Because my promises 
And my covenant is the best. It's so much better than the world. He said, I don't provide trinkets to entice you to come to me. I'm a gentleman. And when I romance you with the ultimate true love, he said, there's no lover that can stand or compare to me. You just haven't met the ultimate lover. Mm. He said, this covenant, this marriage between you and I is unbreakable. He said, no one can break this covenant. He said, even if you have an affair on me, Mm -hmm. he said, I love you so much. He said, return back to me, backslider. He sure will. This is the love that was poured out on Mm -hmm. Calvary's cross for the new birth. For the new commandment. For the new covenant. For the better life. Remember this when you leave. His promises are so much better than the world promises. Because his promises not only are better for you, they're everlasting.